0: You're listening to Radio Influence. Why, Crusher, it's good to see you. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text crush at 101260 with your questions,
1: comments, or smart ass remarks. Yeah. welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Creshell and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, please do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Sign up for the newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and get hooked up with the world of performance. And keep your eyes on Crushperformance.com. There's a new website coming in 2021. We're going to have a bunch of new cool things going on, so uh, keep your eyes on that. On Twitter, follow me, at Jeff Crush. And on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, search out Crush Performance, and we will connect with you there. All right. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about an incredible learning opportunity for everybody out there. And it's free, the Timeout event 2021, coming up on December 12th. An unbelievable lineup of speakers that you won't want to miss. We'll talk with Andre Lachance, one of the organizers, coming up here right away. And then later in the show, we're going to talk with Manny Schmidt. Certified NHL player agent and the founder and CEO of Link Management International. We're going to talk about the World Juniors, the IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships that are coming up in Edmonton. It'll be one of the biggest international sporting events on the COVID calendar. And we're going to discuss how it might set the tone for other international sporting events and especially the Olympics. And also, we'll talk with Manny about how athletes can deal with this downtime, take advantage of this downtime. A conversation that we can't have enough. So two great guests coming up here on this episode of Crush Performance. Well, I hope you had a great week. I hope you uh, were able to get out and have a little bit of fun. Hope you are able to stay safe. And most importantly, I hope you got a little bit better this last week. Because man, did we all not get better coming off of last week's show with Dr. Anduise Allen. You know, one of the things I like about Dr. Allen is she just lays out the no BS version of how things really work when it comes to the nutrition world and our bodies. And listen, we are continually learning. And the one thing I like about the approach with Dr. Allen is when something new comes around, well, she's probably on the front edge of it for starters, but she makes the adjustment. She looks at the plausibility of making it happen in the real world because a lot of research is is just looking at the issues, defining the issues. There's very, very few solutions out there, if you really think of it. And we really haven't made any serious adjustments in our nutrition and our diets, other than maybe the food guide, which is slowly coming around. It's still not even close to being good enough. Diets don't work, so you can try to make an adjustment there. And if it does work for you, excellent. Keep on it. Keep working. Keep looking for new, better ways to do it because they're out there. But that conversation last week with Dr. Allen Really opened a lot of eyes. Thank you for all your comments, your questions. And listen, this is a conversation that's going to keep rolling. We have to. There's just too many things that we now know that we can't ignore anymore. And again, obesity, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all the issues associated with poor nutrition. Uh, and, And even in the sporting world, when it comes to performance for our athletes, if we just sit back and operate the way we always have, we're not going to get anywhere. There's such great opportunities here. And all I can say is for those who are willing to step forward and start adopting and trying and experimenting and making this real, there is a massive opportunity out there. Dual fuels, burn rates, fuel partitioning. All right. Looking at how the brain is really ruling the roost. We knew it, but we didn't really know how it worked. Not until now. We know how this works We know the signaling pathway works. We know about partitioning and fuel transport and storage and usage. Oh gosh, such great stuff. So um, exciting show last week, and that's going to continue on in 2021 as the crush war and sugar will continue. But maybe even more importantly, as we continue to look for ways to push human performance forward. 2021, I'm excited for it already. We're going to look back on 2020 and all the years behind us. To learn, look back to learn, look forward to plan, make it happen right now. That's the mantra here. And in 2021, we've got a couple of really, really exciting themes. The brain game. We're going to take that series that we did a few weeks back. Just incredible sharing from some of the world's top experts as we try to dig down and understand the brain a little bit better. How it works, how accessible is it, how do we train it, what are the effective methods of training, And boy, oh boy, does the mind and the brain hold the future of human performance? I believe so. And I believe that some of the technology that's now available, as you've heard me say on the show many times before, is going to be a big contributor in pushing human performance forward. So the brain game is going to be a big, big part of 2021. It's one of our main themes on the show. So each month we'll be trying to dedicate an episode to the Crush Brain Game as we dig down deep to define the brain, look at brain training, separate the brain and the mind, and look at the brain in terms of human performance. And trust me, that goes well, well beyond sport. I can't wait. And then the secondary theme, as important for 2021, and in case you haven't listened to the show before... Each year, we designate one or two main themes. It's going to carry us right through the entire year. Yes, the crush war on sugar will continue. Yes, we'll showcase hot stories, breaking news. We'll look at the teams, players, storylines to watch in sports because there's a lot to be learned there in the real world, in the trenches. There's so much to learn real time. And as we get to sit back and reflect and look at what's going on, we can, we can get a good idea of what's working, what's not, and where we need to go. So the other secondary important theme for 2021 is going to be talent. What is talent? Talent development. There's another area that really, really needs a little more clarity. And there's a lot of great people working on this area. For years and years, we've been fascinated with human talent. And yet, listen, the dropout rates in developmental sport are at all-time highs. The injury rates at every single level of sport are at all-time highs. And inside of the developmental models, the concept of talent remains a central element as to how coaches, practitioners, and sports scientists think about development. Should it be that way? That comes straight from a conversation with crush favorite Dr. Joe Baker, who is one of the leading minds when it comes to talent and talent development. He's been on the show before, and we're hoping to have him as a central guest here coming up in 2021. As we look to clearly define talent, how it works, how it's developed, And what does it actually mean in terms of development? Where are we making our mistakes? Because I honestly believe that the best performers aren't making it to the top. Some of them are. Some of them are. We've got some great performers at the top of our our performing food chain. There's no doubt about it. But I think we are missing so much great talent simply because our system is dysfunctional. I could be wrong. I think I'm right. But we're going to work to clear that up and really get a better understanding of talent and how it emerges over time as we put athletes through experiences along their road of development. It's going to be fantastic. And again, if you guys have an idea or a concept or something you'd like us to investigate, let us know. We've dedicated segments, entire episodes to your ideas. We answer every single message that we get. And if we personally don't have the answers, listen, We will get them for you. We're here to help you guys out. And again, we've got such a beautiful relationship going with our audience. As much as we try to get you guys thinking and get you exposed to all these incredible things that are going on, you guys get us thinking as well. So let's keep that rolling right through the end of the year here and into 2021. We're really, really excited. And it's all about learning, right? Knowledge is power. Well, action is even more powerful. Action based on good knowledge might be one of the most powerful things we could harness. And one of the things that's come out of this COVID era, most certainly, is the incredible sharing of information online. And Dr. Joe Baker, who we just referenced in terms of a talent and talent development, is going to be partaking in an incredible learning event coming up. Uh, In June of 2021, I was part of the first timeout learning conference seminar series. And I was uh, glad to be asked to be a speaker in that first one. The second one is coming up here on December 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern time register right now timeout. They have an unbelievable lineup and they blocked it into three distinct categories this time around block. Number one is the coach where Dr. Joe Baker is going to be talking about the paradox of talent A couple other great speakers there. Block number two is the mindset. Looking more at the psychology, performance, thinking with some of the world's top minds. And then block number three is the culture. And I love this one because some of the speakers there are are just really, really insightful. And culture is an important aspect that probably doesn't get talked about enough as well. It takes me back to one of my favorite quotes out of the Harvard Business Review. Culture trumps strategy every single time. (laughs) Isn't that great? I love it. I've got it on my bulletin board in my office. And it's so true. So, you know, understanding culture is is really important. Your strategies will be way more effective if you've got a good, strong culture. I'm really looking forward to this timeout event. And then, of course, they've got a marquee speaker. Smack dab in the middle of this, Mr. Joe Torrey. And again, if you've ever heard Joe Torrey speak, this is worth the price of admission. Which, by the way, is free. The guys at Timeout have really worked their butts off to make this a free event. And it's going to be fantastic with Joe Torre speaking right in the middle. His topic is Ground Rules for Success. And again, the platform is sport and sport development. But listen, if you're a business owner, a teacher, a coach, an administrator, if you run a business, own a business, there is so much to take away from this. So proud to be uh, on the fringes of of the timeout event, and to give us a little more information, why don't we get into it? We're joined right now by Andre Lachance, who's director of business and sport development at Baseball Canada, also one of the organizers for the upcoming timeout event on December twelfth. Andre, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi Seth, how are you?
1: Really, really good. So glad we could have you on. And again, here we are. The uh, countdown is on December twelfth. Uh, 2020 at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's a Saturday. The uh, 2020 timeout event will will happen. What a great way to share information. And this lineup we'll talk about of speakers was great. The first one was fantastic. It was six hours of just incredible sharing and information. And I think that's one of the, uh, maybe one of the silver linings to this COVID madness that we've been dealing with, Andre, is all these new uh, methods we're, we're uh, embracing to share information and get people together and totally like and that's one of the feedback we receive is that you know for
2: for the first time like we have access to all those great speakers at, at no cost because if if you go back to pre-covid uh, when you want to have access to those good speakers then sometimes they're not offered in your own your own city your own community so you have to fly somewhere you have to pay for hotels, meals, registration for that convention or whatever name the, the, the event is is called, and then and it could be a, a big a big tab at the end of the day. And for and for most coaches, they can't afford it. So that's kind of the mindset we had at the beginning of of of, uh, of, of this uh, pandemic: is how can we make knowledge more available to to coaches? Not only not only in Canada, but worldwide. And then that's kind of what we created with Time Out. Of-
1: well, and that's the great thing about this timeout. It wasn't restricted to Canada, the U.S., North America. There was people from all over the world tuning in, and I think you're going to see the very same thing here. I mean, I think last time we had just over a thousand uh, people registered. I'm sure that number will grow for this one because the speakers on December twelfth are incredible.
2: Yeah, and that, and that's oh, like uh, like it's it's kind of tough to make a prediction of, as far as how many people we're going to get because. You know, since we had those uh, that that event back in June, there's many organizations after that 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 kind of put together some sort of similar type of uh, uh, virtual event. So 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 we'll see how it goes. Like uh, uh, but like you said, like the the list of the speakers speaks for itself. Like uh, hopefully, it's going to attract as many people as possible, and and like for people to understand we're not it's it's not for profit um event like we're doing it just for 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 sharing information nobody's making any money out of
0: it
1: yeah and that that's impressive as well i mean the the knowledge and the sharing and the fact that it's accessible to everybody is so important i really do like that side it you know and i just think about our efforts with our radio show and this conversation right here just trying to to inform people and maybe get people thinking about things that, that, that they haven't thought about before. is such a special thing. And, of course, through these troubling times, Andre, um, this is a really, really good way to spend some time, whether you're a parent, whether you're a coach or an administrator. Heck, this doesn't even have to revolve around sport. There's going to be implications here well beyond sport. But when we look at our kids right now and, you know, the fact that uh, minor sport is shut down again, this is a real tough time for kids. And, you know, one of the things that I think we can do to support them, maybe above everything is just give them options and things that they can do constructively to maybe better themselves. How empowering would that be?
2: Exactly. And it forces us, and, and you probably remember, and the people listening probably remember the lab challenge. So that was a creative approach we, we took is that like, how can we offer something like new to the athletes out there so they can still be active, still be challenged because that, that remains something important. It, it can be too easy, too hard. How can it be challenging enough to keep them engaged? And and that forces us to be more curious, more creative, more innovative. And at the end of the day, that's what our sports system needs. Like we, we need to think differently. And I think one of the big learning of all this craziness that we've been through over the last um, almost year now, is, is is how can we do things together and what what we have, cr- have created, how can we maybe use it even post-COVID? Because I'm 100% sure there's some elements that, that we could still use.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And for everybody that doesn't know Andre, we're speaking with Andre Lachance, Director of Business, Sport, Development, and the Women's National Team for Baseball Canada, also one of the organizers of the upcoming timeout event that's coming up on December 12th, which is going to be fantastic. We'll talk about that in a minute, but um, you know, the, um, the lab experiment, the lab challenge that we did for baseball Canada, uh, for everybody that doesn't know, we set up, uh, I think it was six weeks of just weekly challenges and the coaches re- registered with, you know, seven or eight athletes and um, the athletes would go out and do these exercises and we'd get their times and all these exercises are definitely great athlete development um, um, challenges uh, and the teams would put in their scores, and it turned out to be great, Andre. And one thing that really impressed me—I was overwhelmed by the registration and the response that we had. Uh, and that's some of yeah. the that's some of the uh, creativity and uniqueness that, that we're seeing now. I totally enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, and then for the first time, getting I think close to hundred teams registered was I think a big hit. And and uh, and like I said earlier, like it's it's something different to do, and it's something creative, and it kept those athletes engaged throughout. The month of, I believe, was in the month of June. That we end uh, of May and most of June that we've uh, put it together. So the time of the year where you could go outside, enjoy the outdoor, and at the same time challenge yourself to becoming a better athlete. And at the end of the day, that's what the not only us at baseball need, but the, the sport community need collectively uh, is is making uh, our, our athletes better movers and better decision makers, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. And personally, for me personally, being involved, Andre, um, it was great because I was I was at a spot with that shutdown as well, frustrated and and, and sort of um, uh, I felt kind of, you know, shut down as everybody else did. But to get active and participate and, and contribute was really, really important. And that's the other side of it as well for the coaches that made it happen and for the parents that made it happen. Um, how empowering it was just to be active and have something constructive to do that. That that was a big part of it for me personally.
2: And, and, and you saw, and you probably remember that all the passion of the coaches, you know, they were on Zoom calls every Sunday night and getting ready for, for the week and talking about the the weekly test and all the drills they could do during the course of the week and the the great questions they were asking also and, uh, and trying also to contribute to make, to make that, that challenge even better in the future if we, if we want to use it again. So, so that was quite fascinating to see that. Like not only the athletes were motivated, but it motivated our coaches to stay engaged in working with with those athletes in this, this the special times that we, or we we are going through right now.
1: Yeah, it was a massive team effort from the coaches to the athletes right up to our team that helped organize it all. Kudos to everybody there because that was unique at that time and and really, really powerful. Much like uh, the timeout event that's coming up. And this is what I want to talk about because what a great share this is, as we've mentioned. For everybody that doesn't know, there is a great online event coming up on December 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern time and it's called timeout you can google it everywhere but Andre I really like how you guys have set this one up it's not quite as long as the first one the first one was six hours this one is is quite a bit shorter but I like I like the um the blocks that you set up block number one is the coach designated to coaching and you have block number two is mindset looking at the mental game. Uh, block number three is culture, which is really, really important. And then, of course, your marquee speaker. Are you kidding me, Mr. <laughs> Joe Torrey? Congratulations, that's a major get. And I can't wait to hear him speak the ground rules for success from somebody who's lived it in many different angles. What a what a fantastic lineup. Kudos to everybody at Timeout for setting this one up.
2: And I, and I think that the key thing with Timeout, and that's the feedback we we had. Is that like, like it's it's tough to follow long uh, long interview or long presentation virtually? Uh, it's probably more it's probably easier to do it live in person. So the, the format of having quick twenty minute presentation, I think, was something really really appealing for for our participants, and that's the the main feedback we received is that people just loved the the format. It was. It was the, the, the main feedback we received. So we kept the same format. The duration of the whole um, uh, event is a bit shorter. Uh, that's another feedback we received is that, you know, it took the full day. with six hours marathon last time. Now we're going to three three hours, um, a little sprint, if we can call it that way. Uh, but we kept the 20 minutes, and that and that's the key piece. like People can focus for 20 minutes, and then we stimulate their brain differently with another person, another topic right after. And and for people interested, like it's free of charge. Like I said earlier, we're not making any money. We want to make knowledge accessible to to everyone, uh, and it's a great opportunity to, to have access to uh, names. You mentioned Joe Torre; it's someone people know. But the main thing also is that you're going to discover other people that you might not know the names, but you're going to say after, "Wow, that was a great presentation!" Like like we did in in the first edition, where. People didn't know Nadine Dubina from the the, the Olympic, um, the U.S. Uh, Olympic Committee, but she was fantastic. So it's gonna kind of, it's gonna expose you to new speakers you've never heard before. Like one example for this one is is our leadoff, Michael Bungie, Stanley, the author of the Coaching Up, which was my favorite to read in 2020. The guy is just fascinating. And I think um our coaches our participants will will get a lot out of uh, out of this presentation as well
1: yeah no the the lineup is stellar, and for people who are interested, you can register for this free uh, sharing of information go to www.bettersport.ca to register um and again it's free and and uh, december twelfth eleven o'clock eastern time and and you're right andre this this lineup is fantastic. you know i've I've heard most of these people, or I'm familiar with them, but some I'm not, and that's what really did impress me about the last one. Um, the perspectives that were brought in from all of these different people really challenges the 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 learner to to maybe think even in different ways. And and I like the sort of uh, catchphrase here: "Your turn to learn," and and that really speaks volumes uh, and is very accurate for what this is all about.
2: Yeah, and exactly, and. And you know, even though like we got Valerie Condos, like Valerie was the gymnastic coach at the UCLA, UCLA for years. She was named the 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 best gymnastic coach of the century. So she she she's up there with anyone else in coaching. But even if you're not in gymnastics, you're gonna appreciate her, her, her talk because she's gonna talk about coaching. And even if you're baseball or football or basketball or ringette or whatever sport or swimming, you, you're going to, there's going to be good takeaways from, from her presentation. And, 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 for people interested, you, you can, you can Google all those names. Some of them have, have already have TED Talks that um, could be good teasers uh, to, uh, to get to know them a little bit better. But I can encourage people just not to leave their computer <laughs> because they're going to miss good presentation, even if they think they don't know the the person, uh, we got a f- fantastic lineup.
1: Yeah, for sure, and not not and not to leave out the three incredible hosts, Andre, Wayne, <laughs> and Frank. Man, listen, that's uh, I, I'm on the edge of my seat to see you guys in action again as well, man. Hey, kudos to you guys and for all the work you you guys have done to put this together, Andre. Just exceptional stuff, and I want to thank you, Wayne, and Frank for for really stepping outside the box and and making this happen because this is just right in our wheelhouse. I love everything about it.
2: To be, to be honest, the, 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 the big fun for me is to reach out to those people, trying to have them to commit and come to out. you know, give 20 minutes of their time. That, that's, that's the fun part for me. And, and having, um, having, uh, such like so far success and convincing them to come for free because we hope we could pay them, but we can't. Uh, it's, 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 Tells a lot about the generosity of those people and the fact that they want to contribute to coaching and to uh, to have better environments for athletes to compete and to train in in, in our uh, in our own sports as well. So it's it's pretty cool to see how people react and how engaged they want to be and sharing uh, their knowledge with everybody.
1: Yep, and it is for everybody. This is a performance. Uh, seminar and uh, sport may be the platform, but there's going to be many, many takeaways for all aspects of life. Again, it's time out; it's your turn to learn. You can go to www.bettersport.ca to register right now. Andre, is space limited here? Um, is there a rush to get in? I mean, uh, what's the goal? I know we we overshot uh, our expectations last time, so uh, if people are interested, they should get in as soon as they can.
2: Yeah, well, there's there's two options as uh, the the one we had before. If you want to be part of the Zoom. Where you could like um, uh, be interactive with the speakers, maybe ask questions at the end of the presentation. You need to sign up early. If not, uh, like we did last time, we broadcasted on YouTube to manage the overflow. Uh, so that's the same concept this year, but we just increase the number of, of spaces in our in our Zoom uh, Zoom setting. So we, we should be okay this time. Like we were caught by surprise in the first time, like we were sold out really, really fast, but uh, we increased the capacity this time. We should be
1: okay. Great, great. I think we're going to be surprised here as well. Andre, thanks for everything you guys do there. Really, really looking forward to December 12th, and I can't wait to maybe talk to you on the other side of it, and uh, we'll get sort of an update of how things went from your perspective.
2: For sure. Looking forward to it.
1: Okay, there you go, everybody. Timeout 2020. Register now. It's going to be a fantastic day of learning On the 12th, and best of all, it's free. Kudos to everybody who's donating their time and all their work to make this happen to just better the world of sport. All right, speaking of bettering the world of sport, coming up after this quick break, we're going to visit with Manny Schmidt, NHL Certified Player Agent and the Founder and CEO of Link Management International. We're going to talk about the importance of the World Junior Championships in Edmonton. It's junior hockey. But it's also one of the largest international sporting events that has taken place in this COVID era. What could it mean for the Olympics and other major sporting events? People are going to be watching this with incredible interest. It's a very, very important event. And plus, if you're a hockey fan, some of the best young players in the world will be converging to showcase their talents. And we're also going to talk with Manny about, of course, the continued COVID downtime. What a frustrating time for coaches for players, for parents. How can we take advantage of it? And what can you do to really, really get better for when we return to play? That's all coming up right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around, everybody. This week's episode of Crush Performance is powered by our good friends at ExoGun. ExoGun is a portable and powerful handheld massage device for high-impact recovery and low-impact deep-tissue massage. If you suffer from muscle tension, tightness, or body aches that don't seem to go away, or if you're looking for relief and recovery after a long day or an intense workout, revive muscles, boost blood circulation, and release soreness so you can recover faster and not let pain get in the way of your daily activities with the ExoGun. I'm using the ExoGun, and our athletes are using the ExoGun. It's become a big part of our recovery strategies after competition and training. And we're taking it one step further. We're using it between sets and as part of our activation phase before we jump into action. And I've been using it later in the day about two hours before bedtime. It helps me recover, but it also helps me relax and I'm finding it helps me sleep better. And if you listen to Crush Performance, you know that both sleep and recovery are two of our top priorities for performance. So here's what you do. Go to exogun.com backslash crush for an additional 15% off the current sale price, just in time for the holidays. Listen, if you have an athlete on your gift list or if you want it for yourself, you can save up to $460 off your order. Go to www exogun.com backslash crush that's crush with a k it comes with four interchangeable head attachments varying speeds and a free carrying case for a limited time only go to exogun.com backslash crush with a k and get 15 percent off the current sale price treat your body right with enhanced recovery and relaxation with the exogun
0: this is Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information with Jeff Cruchel, Get in the action and text CRUSH at ten twelve sixty with your questions, comments,
1: or smart-ass remarks. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Cruchel here. Hey, listen up. We want to hear from you. Write to us. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Go to our website, Crush Performance. Sign up for our newsletter. Subscribe to the podcast and keep your eyes open. We have a brand new website coming up. In 2021 with some cool stuff, so keep your eyes on that. And if you're a crush follower, if you've listened to the show in the past, you know that each year we have overlying themes, ideas and concepts that we focus on over the course of the entire year to dig down deep, get a better understanding and share information and knowledge. In 2020, we started the year off with the themes of long-term development and early specialization to get a better understanding of how those two work together and how they're working for us and against us in some circumstances. And it was great all until about March when COVID hit. And then we took a hard left and we refocused our efforts for the remainder of the year, talking more about things we can do in the downtime, dealing with adversity, taking advantage of the shutdown. It was a really, really important adjustment that we made considering the landscape we're all in, but we're really looking forward to 2021 and pushing everybody forward even more with our two major themes that are going to guide us through the entire year. We're going to be talking about the brain game, brain training, psychology, the brain game and the technology that's now allowing us to train the brain like never before. Boy, it's going to be an exciting year because I really do believe that's the one area that holds the most Potential for pushing human performance forward. We're going to talk with some of the world's top experts. And a lot of this spins off of our brain game series that we've already had here in 2020. You can go back and listen to that entire series. Incredible speakers, incredible knowledge. We're going to expand on all of that in 2021. And then we're going to also talk about talent and talent development. What exactly is it? How does it really, really work? And do we understand it the way we should? Again, we'll be talking with some of the world's top minds when it comes to talent development and and development of talent inside of sport and everywhere. There's some very, very common themes here. Talent is a human thing. And uh, there's going to be lots of applications. So we're really, really excited for 2021. But as we wrap up this year, let's go out with a bang. And we're joined right now by crush Favorite. Mr. Manny Schmidt, certified NHL player agent and the founder and CEO of link management international. Manny, thanks for joining us as we wrap up 2020 and all these troubled times.
0: Yeah. Jeff, always uh, an honor, pleasure, and uh thrill to be on with you. And yes, I, uh, it, uh, they're troubled times. They're interesting times. They're challenging times. Um, but, uh, it uh it also provides opportunity, and so uh, we look forward to it um and we deal with it the best we can,
1: yeah, you know, my grandfather always used to say to me, and it's just one of his many sayings, right, and he was uh he was a true teacher, he was a true, true teacher, and you know I remember sitting there lecturer. Thirty-five A, and then lecture, you know, twenty-six B, and we, my brother and I, had them all named. But one thing he always, one thing he always did impress on us, and you know, my my father also uh, was very, very uh, encouraging along these lines. But they, you know, they sort of where there's a will, there's a way. Look, there's always going to be troubled times. There's always going to be adversity, and he talks about growing up in the dirty thirties. Now that's something else—the depression and all these things, the wars that they went through. Um, We will find a way. And maybe that's a good segue into our conversation, Manny. You are an NHLPA, CFLPA uh, certified player agent. You're very, very involved in the developmental side of sport. And you also have an interesting perspective on the pro side and the development side and the pathways. And, you know, with the holiday season approaching, it's a very big time in the hockey world because, in my opinion, one of the greatest events on the sporting calendar is the annual um IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships. It is a fantastic display of developmental sport and I think one of the more important events on the hockey calendar. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, no question, uh Jeff. It uh I mean, if you're a hockey fan, Christmas uh, as a hockey fan is defined by, you know, family, um friends, great food and world juniors. Um it's always been that way. It's you know, boxing day, um, you carve out that, uh, that Turkey and you car out that time to watch uh, team Canada open the, uh, the world junior championships. And it's, it is the, um, key event of the hockey, you know, I would even say bigger than the Olympics. It's the key event of the hockey uh, industry, the hockey market. Um, it's, it's the it's the thing that really kicks off the new year every year. And, um so uh yeah it uh this is an interesting time the way they're they're coming back they're trying to bring it when most other tournaments have been now cancelled and um, postponed and deferred, and all the other things. the world juniors uh have made a decision that they're going to try to to push this forward, and so it'll be uh, uh it's a great news, but it'll also be an interesting time to see how that all unfolds
1: yeah, and it's going to be really, really interesting, Manny, not just for the hockey players, teams, and organizations involved. But I think for global sport, and we all know there's a vaccine on the horizon, uh, which is going to sort of steer us back towards some form of normal. But in the meantime, in between time, we're going to have to, again, you know, find that way to make it all happen. And they are bouncing into Edmonton, Alberta, of course, one of the um, bubble cities for the NHL playoffs, which was incredibly successful. Uh, But you mentioned something there for sure, Um, you know, on the international level, you know, uh, tournaments being canceled. This will be the first major international tournament that I know of anyway, in any sport, other than maybe F1, but that's a totally different ball game. You know, some of the PGA golf is international, but again, that's a different, that's a different type of thing as well. This is the first international major sporting event. I think that we'll see during these COVID times, if knock on wood, it all happens. 10 teams, eight from Europe of course the USA and this is this event is as big in the US as it is here in Canada so uh Canada rounds up the top 10 or the 10 teams that will be in this tournament uh bringing these international teams together into the bubble system is going to be a huge huge deal and and you know you talk about canceled events postponed events the olympics you know the IOC is going to be watching this i'm sure very closely
0: yeah absolutely the uh you know with with the uh, the Winter Games being being uh, you know all of that being addressed and canceled and what is the impact of that and then now the Summer Olympics coming up next summer um, in 2021 uh, this will be an event that globally uh, and I would I would say even beyond just the sport industry people are going to be watching this event to see how it's managed how successful it is. Um, what are some of the the processes and, and procedures that are being put in place uh, that may allow other events to go forward again? Not even just in sport, but certainly in the sport industry, this is going to be under a uh, microscopic uh, evaluation uh, to see how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be big. You know, uh, we're not sure about fans. We don't know how that's going to work right now. We're going to assume right now at this point there'll be no fans. Uh, Team Canada as we head into December here has had to shut down their training camp because of a couple of COVID tests. So uh, there's some work to do there as well. You know, we're all fingers crossed. Everybody's healthy and okay there, but this is uh, sort of the lay of the land right now dealing with the positive tests. It's almost inevitable unless you're inside that bubble that somebody's going to get exposed somehow. And uh, being able to deal with this in a timely, safe, urgent manner is really, really important, especially again, when you're bringing 10 teams from around the world together.
0: Yeah. It, uh, you know, it, there's a balance between how this is being done and the way the NHL did their, you know, their playoff bubble. And, and again, I think you and I have talked about in the past is uh, the level of planning and success, um, that was evident in the NHL playoff bubble was phenomenal. Uh, how that was managed, how, um, how they, uh, sequestered the, the players and, and really managed the, uh, you know, the COVID bubble, um, but there are some consequences to that it it that wasn't easy for players for coaches for staff um now you're bringing in for the world juniors you're bringing in players from all sorts of different areas right and um you know we have a player on the German team, and uh you know we're in daily you know regular contact with uh with you know the player and that family and um it's uh it's it's the challenge is a little bit greater because you got um, you know you're not putting all the teams uh, you know early on into a into an isolation element they're they're coming from all over the globe and uh, I think there's going to be some challenges um, hopefully they they are able to manage it um, but you also look at the example of the NFL and you're almost becoming immune to every team in some way is is seeing. You know positive test results and you know players having to miss and and so I just really hope that they are able to contain that they are able to um, begin a process that once they have the players um, they they create that you know non penetratable boundary um, to uh, to be able to proceed uh, but it's a challenge it's a, just a monstrous challenge to uh, to be able to do that mm-hmm we can hope uh you know we hope, hope all the best and hope that they're able to achieve it.
1: Yeah, we're talking with Manny Schmidt, the founder, president and CEO of Link Management International, NHLPA, CFLPA, certified player agent. Uh Manny, yeah, and that's a great perspective right there. You know, and you guys are in the mix of it with a player coming into that tournament from Germany. So, um you guys are are, are of course looking at that and dealing with it firsthand. There are a lot of factors that you might not think about as a fan, right? So many Um, So many people affected from player families to organizations to, you know, of course, all the people at the host city who are making this thing happen. I mean, the NHL and the NBA went off very well. The Major League Baseball playoffs in the bubble system uh, did go very well. But you heard from the players how difficult it really was. Um, You know, we look at the NFL right now. You mentioned that we're seeing, you know, NFL shutting down training camps uh, or training facilities for two or three days here. And, man, big Big games being postponed, canceled, and moved because of p- positive tests. You know, sport is important, Manny. You know, we talked about this in our Kids of COVID series, where we looked at the impact of losing sport on our youth. You know, that's an outlet. And if a kid has identified himself as an athlete, and that's sort of how he, you know, presents himself. This is a big, big deal. And even if you're not a sports fan, just knowing that sport is going on in the background, um, you know, can be a real positive. Uh, light at the end of the tunnel in this COVID madness.
0: Yeah, it uh, you know there's there's things that uh, because sport is such an emotional component, right? Um, you know, with athletes, like you said, it's not even just the athletes, but families define themselves as athletic families, and so you see, even when you know provincially the you know arenas get shut down or the leagues get shut down because of COVID, but yet certain other elements are left over the the increase of emotion that is starting to trickle out um because you know you should be expecting it, it it's just such an emotional element where we do define ourselves by some of these things and uh unfortunately um you know when when we have pieces of our identity challenged or restricted it it brings it brings out uh <laughs> brings out responses that that aren't the greatest. And, and we're seeing that now this time around where there's lots of frustration. You and I uh, talked previously about, you know, sort of round one, I, I defined it as uh, round one being, you know, the, the emotional um, connection to that was adrenaline. Um, you know, everybody is, this is something new. We haven't seen it before. And and so your adrenaline kicks in and you, you try to do your part to, to support, um, this time around, I see it a little bit differently. I, I see that, that as elements within the sports sector or otherwise, people have moved from adrenaline to desperation. And you know, that, that desperation to want to wanna, I just want to play. I just want to get back. I just want to see the World Juniors. I just want to see hockey You know, on Saturday night, a hockey night in Canada again. I just want to, and then they, you know, but they can't. And so now that level of desperation is kicking in, and it's it, it uh, it's a little scary to be honest. It uh, is how we as a society are going to manage that and support people, because the next step after desperation is you know is really depression and different things that actually have medical consequences for people um, when they when they proceed beyond that phase. And so I, I am concerned. Um, and that's why I'm excited to see the World Juniors proceed in the way that, that it is. And I'm, I'm you know keeping everything crossed that we possibly can to ensure that, in fact, uh, they are able to pull that off.
1: Yeah, I do agree with you on the desperation side. We had no idea what, what this thing was all about, and we were, we're making things happen. It was great to see everybody sort of pulled together to make things happen in a time of so many unknowns. But we kind of have an idea of what COVID's all about now. And along with that desperation now, we're also seeing a little frustration and, and that can be, that can be a troubling, um, um, spice in this mix for sure. Um, at the same time, we're also moving forward with some, some cool heads and some good decisions. You know, if we look at the NBA, for example, you know, they're set to start their preseason here, December 11th, and they're looking at, you know, pulling this off with really, um, minor, if any, you know, covid related circumstance you know they're they're looking at preventative measures already Um, the nfl is underway and they're dealing with it as they go Uh, major league baseball is already planning next season Uh, but the nhl who would normally be you know well 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 into their season and um, they're really trying to rebound from the playoffs and looking at the the concept of a second season in this COVID landscape, Manny. And there's rumors right now that some of the owners is a small group of owners that are absolutely okay. Just sitting this one out until 2021, 20, 22 when potentially we have a vaccine and things are a little more normal. So uh, the NHL has a ways to go. Uh, what are your impressions there? Do you think there's going to be a season? And if there is, um, um, I'm sure it's going to look similar to what the NFL and NBA are proposing.
0: Yeah. It, uh, it's uncharted territories, right? Um, and you know, as, as in most things in life, I mean, sport is still sport, but it's still an economic engine. And, um, at the end of the day, the economics still need to make sense, both from the player's perspective and from the ownership perspective, um, economics need to align. And I can see, um, know certain owners saying, Hey, listen, from an economic engine perspective, we're going to play a season. We're not going to have any fans. Um, the NHL is the one league out of, you know, all the, you know, the big, the big three, the big four, um, the big five, whatever you want to define it as that is very reliant on gate revenue. Still, um, you know, it's not like the NFL, that um, you know, gate revenue is basically bonus money. Um, the NHL requires gate revenue. And so the impact on that economic engine by saying, let's have our season, but we're not gonna we're not going to have any um, any gate revenue, and and strictly rely on television and sponsorship dollars. Um, that makes it a little more challenging for the NHL than it does in some of the other leagues. Um, from the players' perspective, well, yeah, we want to play, and players <laughs> they're bred uh, from a young age in terms of their training and their mindset. They want to play, um, but also. Their their businesses of themselves, right? Each player we uh, we we talk to the, our guys about, you know, your player co. You're, you're the player corporation for yourself, and so um, they've got to make decisions in terms of what makes sense, right? With um, you know, what is the impact on escrow, and what is the impact on uh, some of these these uh, financial. Uh, considerations in in terms of deferred revenue uh in terms of increased revenue uh increased escrow percentages what is the impact and again does that make sense and and to what extent does that actually um you know have a long-term impact for the players and so there's a lot of things that um uh the nhl is trying to uh along with the nhlpa I, i'm sure is trying to work through at a uh, escalated pace to try to find some answers to this because if January first um, is the target goal, there's some decisions that need to be made. And oh, tomorrow is December first, believe it or not, right? And so there's got to be some decisions made in in short order uh, to give everybody the opportunity to prepare for that, including players to get themselves prepared, and, you know, to get uh, the Europeans prepared. To what is that going to look like for them to come over and then go through uh, quarantines and isolation? So. Um, you know, I, I want to believe absolutely that we can find a way, uh, to, to move uh, hockey forward and, and be able to see the NHL play. I think it, it would be a, a real challenge to be the only major sport that doesn't go ahead. Um, uh, that, that certainly would not be positive, uh, but on the flip side, I also get it, um, that economic engine has to make sense and has to align um, from all parties, and, and we got to find uh, where that you know the center of the teeter totter is.
1: Yeah, and despite what everybody might think, you know, these multi-multi million dollar organizations—they're top to bottom, every single sport—they're in a very precarious financial business situation right now. And there are rumors of Major League Baseball clubs, NFL clubs, NBA clubs, in real, real financial hardships right now, and not not to even mention how how serious they're taking the layoffs and the staff and the game day people. There's so many people affected by this, but, um, if this keeps going, it's going to run a little deeper than the average fan or average person might expect, you know, coming out of these billion dollar businesses.
0: Yeah. See, and that's the piece where sometimes as a fan, we, we don't appreciate and, or don't understand or don't have that background information of what happens. Right. And, um, you know, I recall early on in the spring when, when COVID first hit, and everything got shut down. Well, we're right in the middle um, and literally on the eve of, of signing a, a contract um, with an NHL team. And, you know, all of a sudden COVID hits and, and, you know, the red light comes on and everything's put on hold. Well, now we're talking to teams and um, organizations from the ownership level, you know, messaging down saying, listen we are, we're not approving any signings at this point, whether you're a drafter player or a free agent. I mean, we're in the process of laying off, you know, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of staff. And we can't, we can't justify sending a message when we're doing that, that we're signing players to, you know, whatever deals and um, bonuses and everything else. And so they put the brakes on everything. So it became a real challenging time um, for organizations, again, for players. Um, and that's the stuff that's behind the scenes. And so a lot of that is driven, I think, also by the uncertainty, Jeff, that you and I have talked about, right? Because, again, if you look at the NHL and the dependency on the gate revenue, well, so now you are going to take the gate revenue away. Um, and so you're saying, well, we got to rely strictly on television revenue and sponsorship revenue. Well, in a pandemic, what is the next thing that people start to pull money from? is I don't know if I can afford to sponsor. I don't know if I can afford my advertising dollars. So now the, the, the second piece that you rely on for uh, revenue, just cover your costs, and some of these organizations, like you mentioned, they are not as flush. They you know, they are on the edge or just getting by. And so now if we pull sponsorship dollars away, um, now you're re- literally relying on any any and only television revenue that you get. So it it just becomes a challenge and a very scary time for some of these organizations. And you're seeing it, not just at the pro level, but, you know, as you move down where that formula um, teams are even more dependent on at the junior level and at the, you know, the junior a level and, and so on down uh, their dependency on, you know, those revenue sources that no longer available. um, You know, right now there's no way for us to tell the number of teams that are going to become casualties of, uh, you know, what we call the COVID casualties, Um, uh, you know, at the NHL level is you're going to get through that. Yeah, I would say you will, but as you move on down, uh, I'm not sure that that same level of um, greater support and ability to push through uh, in these smaller markets is going to be able to, to sustain a, a, you know, a, a long a longer period of time where uh, they just don't have those revenues to keep themselves afloat.
1: We're talking with Manny Schmidt, founder of link management international. Manny, that is a very important conversation because the trickle down effect here is going to be really, really deep. It's going to run really, really deep. And you know, when, if we were to change sports right now, you talk about the junior leagues and the trickle down effect of, of the uh, shutdowns and limitations in terms of audience and crowds and, spectators uh, at the junior level in hockey. We saw it in major league baseball. They literally canceled their entire minor league season last year. And we're not sure what the future looks like. And of course, major league baseball on another note is continuing with their minor league contraction. And, you know, despite the yep. incredible implications of COVID on the developing developing athlete. And we've talked about this extensively here on the show. Uh, and you're right. You mentioned it there we're going to it's going to take some time to really really understand the true long-term fallout of this these missed these missed competitive windows and training windows um there could be some upsides as well we could talk about that but major league baseball is in the process of contracting their minor leagues going from you know 6 7 minor league teams to four minor league affiliates per team um with the elimination of up to 45 teams now uh, which is thousands and thousands of players, not to mention coaching staff and, and associated um, 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 support staff, but also now the towns, the facilities and ownership groups that have been really running those minor league, minor league teams. This might be the biggest developmental pipeline transformation that I can remember in any time, many right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had a conversation the other day. Someone asked me. They said, uh, "What do you anticipate the the developmental impact to be coming out of this? You know, where players aren't, um, you know, they're, you know, in some cases players are missing an entire year, right? They're they're not able to really train. Uh, the, some a lot of the facilities are open and closed. They're having to make, you know, I've got a player in Winnipeg that." Uh, I was talking to last night and, you know, he's at the, there, of course, Manitoba's is a complete shutdown. And so uh, he had to develop his own squat rack to be able to train at home. And, and this is a pro player and, um, you know, he can't be on the ice. And, and so the question that was posed to me is what do you see as the longer term impact on the development of players? Like, do you see sort of the, the skill level taking a dip and then taking some time to recover once, uh, you know, once athletes get back into a, Uh, an annual type regular routine of training. And it, it. uh, I don't know if there's an answer to that uh, because this is unprecedented territories. And, and as you just mentioned, we're seeing things, you know, whether it be as part of major league baseball and the contraction that's happening at the minor league level, or, um, you know, with right down to the community hockey where, you know, kids aren't playing. They're not, you know they're not being able to train the way they used to. They, so, what is going to be the impact um, of that going forward? And, and all we know is there is a significant change. It is a it's you know what we've called a defining moment in, in time. It's going to be something that um, will redefine how we operate as a society, how we um, look at things going forward. But I don't know if we can answer those questions until the scholars look back you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, they look back and say, okay, these were the implications, and these are the learnings that we can take from it. Right now, we are we are trying to create while we're playing, while we're active. And um, you know, that, that can bring out innovation in you, but at the same time, it's really challenging to try to, to, to identify solutions in the midst of the storm um, versus – um, you know, having a preset plan saying, okay, we knew what we were going to do when this came about, let's activate and implement. Well, we don't have that. There is no plan. No one has thought about this ahead of time. We are innovating while we're playing.
1: Yeah, and that can be a really, really tough thing to do. And, and you know, that is a very interesting perspective and conversation that you just brought up right there because, you know, for those elite players where they're at a point in their careers where competition really is Uh, the training ground for, for future development, because we all know, well, we actually don't all know um, what we do know is that over the life cycle of an athlete, the developmental life cycle of an athlete, there are periods and windows of opportunity, Manny. And we've talked about this, you know, many, many times, Um, you know, uh, there's a strong contingency out there that believe, you know, if handled properly, this time away from competition could reap huge Huge rewards for those athletes sort of in that developmental age group where where competition really isn't the source or or an area of of important development. So, you know, we're calling that a potential COVID technical advantage. And we're going to be watching that with great, great interest. However, the players you're talking about and mentioning there, the players who are, you know, junior level, semi-pro level, world-class, Olympic, national team level, or professional... Um, you know, those, that window's pretty much done. They, they're looking to competition to really refine their skills, putting those skills to use in, in the game. And and that's a different conversation. So, yeah, I think, you know, across the board, we're going to see maybe some different things come, uh, come to the surface on the other side of, of the COVID uh, era that we're in.
0: Yeah. We, uh, um, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about in the past is um, that the performance curve, right, that bell curve in terms of, uh, you know, athlete development isn't a, you know, isn't a rapid incline. It's, you know, there's a progression that if you follow the progression and you manage the process, you can truly identify and and look at um, what you can get out of an athlete. So let's follow that process. And then if you follow it, the bell curve slowly starts to move up and you get to career and you try to sustain that top of the curve as long as you can before the bell curve starts to slowly decline again. Well, what I'm wondering is what is the impact where you're removing players from competitive play, from true um, access to the training facilities they used to have. What is going to be the impact of that bell curve? Right. Um, is it going to is it going to make that bell curve lower, so you're not going to be able to, and you're going to have people fall off, or, or is the bell curve going to become narrower because you don't have the sustainability, um, or on the back end? Are players going to fall off quicker because they they've had to sit out? You know, guys who really um, rely on competition to to keep their careers extended, who don't have that, is that going to force them to drop off quicker on that on the backside of that bell curve? Um, you know, we just don't know, but we know that it's going to have an impact. We just don't know what it is yet.
1: Yeah, and we haven't even talked while we have. But the mental side of this whole thing as well, I can't, how, how you know, it's one thing to rebound physically. And I, I think, you know what, your body's going to respond mm-hmm. to the situation they're in, but mentally, man, this is a totally different conversation now. Like, I mean, think about the confidence levels and I don't care how, how um, confident an athlete or, 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 or player was, you know, before this, you know, has their mindset changed? Has their perception changed? Are they going to be as confident? And how long is it going to take for, for that adaptation to return to normal or to get back in the game, so to speak, you know, that's going to be an interesting one to watch as well.
0: Very interesting. Um, you know, I think all of us have used, used the phrase to get back in a normal. And I, and I think personally um, uh, there is not going to be a new, a normal, well said. Um, you know, the, the return to normal. Um, this is a the, the defining tipping point for, for us. I mean, going forward, whether it's sport or otherwise, um, this is going to change. Uh, you know, you look back years and years and the next generation, they'll look back and say, that was the moment where things changed things, the way we communicate virtually, the way, um, we train, the way education is rolled out, the way sports is played, all of those things are going to be revisited. And so the, I think that the, and the understanding, um, or hope that we're just going to go back to normal, I think we got to put that aside. I don't, I don't see that happening. There is going to be a new normal, or as we talked about in the, uh, in the kids of COVID segment, it's a new possible. Is What's that new possible going to look like, and how can I contribute um, as an individual, as a player towards that? Uh, a phrase that I've used, you know, we talk to our players with, and I, I, I bring this up because it just comes to mind from a conversation I had with one of our players uh, just over the weekend is, you know, we, we've we all used the cliche phrase, it is what it is, right? It's something that we've all heard and we use it regularly. And and that's a phrase that sort of always bothered me from a standpoint that if we use the phrase, it is what it is, it, it says that we give up control. We say, you know what, I accept it. I, it is what it is and I'm going to move forward. And so for me, what I've, uh, I've said to our players and what I've adopted personally is you can't just say it is what it is without adding it will be what it can be. Um, and so to me, that's the, the element that's missing. We can't just say it is what it is as a society, as, as sports. Um, we've got to say it will be what it can be. So what can it be? How are we going to be part of that, that process? And to my players, I say it's them. Okay. This is the reality. It is what it is. But now let's actually look at what can it be? What is it going to look like for you? How can we implement things that gives you that control back to the best extent possible um, and say, I can control this. I can be accountable to this. Um, And when you can get people, when you can get society and when we can get our players to start thinking about the second half of that phrase, um, it really changes um, the energy, the perspective because all of a sudden I feel like, man, I, maybe I can control some of this. Maybe I don't just have to sit back and hope, right? Um, that's what we always say. I hope that. Well, no, you don't. I believe. I'm going to take the action to change that um, and make it what it can be. And so, for me, I think that's a really important mindset that we spend currently just tons of time talking with our players about is the can-be component. What can it be? Um, we know the reality. Let's accept that for sure. But you also do have both um, opportunity and responsibility to add the other part and start to strategize in terms of turning it into what it can be for yourself, for us as a society, and for the sports industry in general.
1: Oh, Manny Schmidt, my good man. Speaking of cliches, you know, you're preaching to the choir. i got to change that a little bit, too, because you're changing cliches. I'm going to change this one, too. You're not preaching to the choir here, man. You're like the choir singing to the congregation here, man. I'm telling you, I hear you loud and clear, and that is a powerful message that we need to sing out there, man. I just, I really, really appreciate that, man. That's absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, and thanks so much, Jeff. It, uh, hey, a lot of that comes out of the creative energy that uh, that you and I, um, when we spend time uh, off air and uh, and around the table with. Uh, um, with something to wet our whistle, uh, some of that comes from there, but, you know, I do think that, uh, in the midst of adversity is when we have opportunity, um, to really make a difference, right. Um, uh, a key member of our team, uh, and I think I've shared this with you, um, came up with a philosophy called tour to COVID that he's labeled and sort of branded, um, and, um, and that came out of he's a, a mental strength um, uh, coach that works with some of the top athletes globally. He works with NFL players and NBA players and PGA um, players. Um, and one of the athletes that he works with is a is a, a cyclist, a Tour de France cyclist. And he he asked the cyclist, he said, "When do you look to make a gain in um, uh, in the tour? When do you look to try to to really push?" And without hesitation, his client said to me, "said Well." That 's really obvious, he said the technology on the bikes and the way we train and everything is so similar that it 's very difficult in the flats and the straightaways to find an advantage um, because you know the technologies are all the same. So what I do is I focus on the hills when we get into the hills in the Tour de france that 's where I want to make my gain. I want to look and say, how do I push past other people in those times when adversity the, um, the challenges, the barriers are the greatest. And, uh, and Seth turned that into what he now calls uh, Tour de COVID, where we are right now in the Hills section. We are looking at um, how do we as an athlete, how do we as business uh, uh, attack the COVID moment, the Hills moment, and say, this is my time to get ahead. This is my opportunity. Um, it takes a different mindset right it it removes going from being the victim to go this is my opportunity and if we can if we can effectively do that you can use this time as an advantage instead of a disadvantage
1: yeah i like that and i like that as well that's really really smart because let's face it this this covid thing is now settling into a really really um a long term rhythm type of an event here. And, and we're starting to get that rhythm now as it stretches from, you know, a sprint into a 5k, 10k to marathon. We're heading into the mult uh, ultra marathon. Yeah. in the hill section, no doubt about it. I like that focus on the hills. That's going to be the title of this conversation. Manny Schmidt, my good man. I really, <laughs> really do appreciate your time and your insights today. Uh, important conversation. Love it.
0: You know, Jeff always uh, energizing and an honor to be on with you. You do such an amazing job. Um, as part of your show and as part of all your work outside of the the show as well, uh, to, to bring the message of, uh, of performance. And uh, it doesn't relate just to sport. Um, I think uh, it's a message that you bring that relates to every walk of life. And so certainly always appreciate the opportunity to dialogue with you, but uh, really value and appreciate uh, the message you bring to the marketplace and your commitment and vision to make a, make a change through, uh, thinking differently, being differently, and executing differently.
1: Ah, Thanks, Manny. That's what it's all about, my good friend. The more conversations like this, the better. And, you know, the one thing I always do, you know, I always strive when we sit back with our group behind the scenes trying to figure out, okay, what what topics are we going to attack? What, what kind of themes? What do we need to talk about? You know, it's really interesting on the show, Manny, just to carry this on just a little bit. You know, we get lots of messages from our listeners, questions, comments, and we love those smart remarks. Some good, funny stuff come at us as well. But, you know, as much as we pride ourselves in in trying to get people thinking about things they might not normally think about, you know, some of the feedback and messages that we get get us thinking about things that we don't think about. Because we all sort of live in our own little bubbles, right? And that's why conversations like the one with you today, which I am going to title Focus on the Hills, um, is just so great because uh, it gives a perspective that we might not have. Uh, we hear from people who are living in a different lane but but ha- are dealing with the same the same landscape that, that we're in. And so, you know, uh, conversations like today and, you know, thoughts like that are, are truly what it's all about. And the more we can collaborate, talk and, and get put our minds together, I think the better. So again, Manny, can't tell you how much we appreciate you and everything you guys do over there at link management and uh, all your thoughts here today, Manny, uh, listen, take care. I look forward to uh, talking again and hopefully we'll get to see each other in person sooner than later.
0: Would uh, love that. And yeah, definitely it's been way too long and hopefully, uh, um, things will improve and we can uh, begin to to do what we are made to do, which is socialize and especially during this time of year. So uh, wishing you and your family, Jeff, a very Merry Christmas and uh, the best of the season, despite the fact that it'll be a little bit different. Um, but uh, it uh, it'll still gives us an opportunity to to make the most of it. And so wishing you and everybody uh, at home and at TSN the the very best and uh, looking forward to all that uh, the 2021 has in store for all of us.
1: You got it, Manny Schmidt onwards, my good man onwards. Look forward to it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jeff. And there you go, everybody, Mr. Manny Schmidt. It's always such a great conversation with Manny. Every time he's on, it's something really, really tangible, really important. And rightfully so, you know, he's been around uh, the sporting world for a long, long time as a, as a champion for player development and tapping into potential. And, you know, he's talked to the GMs in pro football and pro hockey and pro baseball. He's been to the meetings. He's talking to scouting departments. He's talking to player development departments all of the time to get feedback not just on his players, but also on what the a- industry is doing and how sport is changing and evolving and what teams are looking for. And that's part of the trickle-down effect in terms of development. Wow, there's lots of takeaways there. And, of course, the uh, conversation on What to do during this downtime. I just can't imagine a more important conversation for your athletes. Whether you're a coach, a GM, whether you're a parent, or whether you're an athlete yourself. This is a conversation you might want to go back and listen to. It's certainly one you want to share with your team. Whether it's a group of high school kids, whether it's a club team, whether it's just youth development. Or whether it's the parents of those athletes. Oh boy, such a good conversation. Got to thank Manny Schmidt again. And listen, I want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. Two great conversations. We got to thank Andre Lachance. Make sure you sign up for the timeout event coming up in December 12th. And remember, with the Christmas season right around the corner, gift ideas for the athletes, the ExoGun. Gun. You know, percussive massage devices are such a huge part of any recovery strategy. And while we're all hunkered down at home here, it's tough to get into the massage therapists and the manual uh, treatments that you might normally get. nexogun is a great option, and we have a wicked deal for you on top of it all. So be sure to check that out if you have an athlete on your gift list this holiday season. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for tuning in this week. Coming up next week, we're going to continue the conversation on wrapping up 2020 with a bang as we talk with sports psychology specialist John Stevenson. Again, a continuation of our conversation into the brain game. There are so many options. The thing I like about this show next week, not only does it sort of wrap up everything we've talked about in 2020 about the brain game, it's going to set the stage for our 2021 theme. Big show coming up next week. In the meantime, everybody, get out there, stay safe, have some fun, and most importantly, go get better. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Crush Performance.
0: Don't forget
1: to ride. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Sitting Ringside, we will
2: honor one of the greatest and most influential people in the history of the wrestling business, who we recently lost, Pat Patterson, by having his longtime friend and co-author for his autobiography, accepted Bertrand Ebert. tell his story. Be sure to
0: listen. Great Pat Patterson stories and a great tribute to a great person.
1: Sitting ringside with David Fenzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.